In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. When the disciples suddenly found Jesus standing in their midst that Easter day, they thought that they had seen a ghost, and they were terrified. But Jesus spoke peace to them and assured them, saying, It is I myself. Handle me and see. Touch me and feel my familiar solid body, my substantial flesh and blood. And he showed them his hands and his feet, which still bore the scars of the nails that had held him to the cross. And when they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he ate a piece of broiled fish and a piece of honeycomb. And that seems to have done the trick. It seems to have convinced them beyond doubt that somehow, beyond all hope, Jesus himself was standing there, standing right there in their midst, enjoying the honeycomb and the fish, the same Jesus who had been brutally executed and buried, but now was undeniably risen from the dead, standing there with flesh, blood, and all things appertaining to man's nature, Jesus himself. It is I myself, he said, handle me and see. And they did, and their hearts were filled with joy. I want to talk about that Easter joy this morning, the many layers of that joy. They rejoiced first because they had found their beloved master whom they had lost. Now he had returned to them. It was evident that it was Jesus himself, their beloved friend, who stood amongst them, his familiar eyes shining with the same depths of peace and joy, his familiar hands and feet bearing the marks of his passion. And yet he was not merely a resuscitated corpse. His body had been transformed. He could pass through locked doors. He could appear suddenly and just as suddenly disappear. He ate the honeycomb and the fish, but he did not need to eat them. His body was no longer subject to decay, and death no longer had any hold on him. By his death he had conquered death, and he was alive forevermore. In his resurrection, death had lost its finality. Death was no longer the ultimate thing, the end of the story. From henceforth, because he was risen from the dead, death would be the penultimate thing, the end of a chapter, but the segue into a story with no end, a story in which, as C.S. Lewis put it, each page is better than the last. This leads us to a further reason for the disciples' joy. They rejoiced also because they had begun to discover that in Jesus, 
they too had been given eternal life. They had been given in him a share of the life that had no end. God gave us eternal life, they would go on to say, and this life is in his Son. That is, they saw in the risen Jesus a future for human life beyond death. As the theologian Kevin Rowe puts it, in the risen Jesus, we see our future beyond death. He writes, Jesus' pattern is ours, life, death, and then resurrection. His future is our future, and therefore our link to him through our humanity is our hope. In him, we see our future beyond death. In the risen Jesus, we see our future. We see eternal life. As St. Paul proclaims, Christ is risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. His resurrection was completely unprecedented, but it will not be unique. It is the first of a kind. He is the first fruits of them that slept. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. In the resurrection of Jesus, we see our future beyond death. We see the mystery that St. Paul proclaims when he writes to the Corinthians, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because Christ is risen from the dead, he has become the first fruits of them that slept. His future is our future. As Jesus himself says, in the words we say, Each time we bury one of our departed brothers and sisters, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And as St. Paul says, If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. The disciples rejoiced because they had begun to see this hope of the resurrection, this hope in the life that has no end. There is more, more reason for the disciples' joy. They rejoiced also because they had begun to realize that the death of Jesus 
had taken away the sins of the world, that through his death and resurrection, they had been cleansed from all their sins. And I think they realized this in a rather immediate way, and the way that he came to them proclaiming peace. The memory of their having betrayed him, of having forsaken him and fled, must have been very fresh in their minds. And I wonder if part of the reason they were so terrified when they saw Jesus unexpectedly appear before them is that they had feared that he might have returned in order to take vengeance on them for their having denied him and abandoned him at the crucial hour. As they had not expected his return, how were they to know if he was to come in peace or in righteous vengeance? If so, his first words to them, peace be with you, words of reconciliation and of forgiveness, they must have been an immense relief to them. They learned for themselves what they would proclaim to the world, that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins, that when we confess our sins, he forgives us our sins, as St. John says, ever true to his word, ever dealing right with us, and all our wrongdoing is purged away. They rejoiced because they knew that they had been forgiven. And most of all, I think they rejoiced because they had begun to see that when they touched Jesus, they were touching the very source of life itself, the living one, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled, the word of life, the eternal life, which was with the Father, God of God, light of light, very God of very God. Their deepest joy was to learn that through Jesus, they had been drawn into fellowship with the living God, with the Holy Trinity. They'd been caught up into the life of God. As they would later proclaim in the words we heard in our epistle, truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And they knew themselves as bound to that life through the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And when they were clothed with power on high, they were sent into the world bearing witness to Jesus, now risen from the dead, preaching repentance and remission of sins in his name, baptizing all nations in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, bringing them into the fellowship that they shared with the living God. And they turned the world upside down. In their Easter joy, they proclaimed to all nations the good news of Jesus. They suffered martyrdom by the flames, by the sword, by wild beasts. They cared for the sick. They built hospitals. They took in the orphans, and they welcomed the strangers, and they cared for the least and the lowly. They hung everything in their lives on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And 
Now we too share in their joy. We too are bound together with them in the communion of saints. With them, we have been made God's own people, that we might declare the wonderful deeds of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. With them, we have forgiveness of sins. With them, we know that when our bodies lie in the grave, yet they will one day live again. And truly, with us, as it was with them, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us, to whom be ascribed, as is most justly due, all honor, power, might, majesty, and dominion, henceforth and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.